to Wild Tater. I'm Charles Hathaway, and this is part two of gardening for virtually free, gardening for virtually no cost. And we were ta we talked about onions, we talked about garlic, we talked about uh, um, carrots, and uh, I was thinking a little more about this. And I know that some people are kind of like, well, I don't want to use hybrid whatever, you know, that the stores have, and, and I just don't want to use this, and that's fine. If you don't want to, you know, pay the premiums to, to get the heirloom seeds and so forth, that's fine, whatever. But even if your plan is just to, you know, get some heirloom type varieties and then save the seeds and so forth, you may want it to get, you maybe won't, you may want to get into this habit now uh, because when you have your heirloom carrots, for example, you're not going to want to be throwing away the leftovers. You know, um, yes, some of it, uh, be it peelings or whatever, may be going out to the compost pile, but you're probably still going to want to cut off your tops and put them in the ground so that they can reseed because those are heirloom varieties and you're going to want to spread the, you know, save the seeds and so forth. And uh, you're going to want the seeds to carry on. And if you're doing these things already with what produce you have, then it's going to be a natural transition. It's not even going to be a transition. Once you uh, have your, the varieties robust and everything as they are that you want you're just going to continue these habits so everything that we talk about today um, you're going to want this habit of doing this anyway so go ahead and get started now while you've got uh, something uh, to work with in, in terms of produce so you've got uh, carrots you've got onions you've got okay now leeks is a fun one one of my favorites because I have I, I can't think of a time that I failed with a leek. Now you go to the store and you get yourself a leek, what you're gonna find is that it's, you know, if you haven't seen a leek before, it looks like, I don't know, a chunk of bamboo maybe, or some kind of weird cabbage looking, you know, it's just this, this thick, round, green stick with roots at the bottom. And it's cut off about, I don't know, what, a foot long, something like that. And it's an onion, is what it is. Leeks are onions. They're a, they're a green onion, but they're basically a, a mutant green onion. So they're huge, and they taste like onion. They're milder than most traditional onions in flavor, but they have that wonderful onion flavor, meaning that they're, that they're fantastic in uh, anything that you would use onions in, especially if you're talking about hamburgers or... Uh, or sandwiches where you're using the fresh greens and not just the not just the uh, um, white root like portion and uh, with uh, with leeks as with onions and garlic you can eat any part of it uh, every any part of the greens okay so even up high above where they cut it off is totally edible. Now the further away you get from that base, the milder will be the flavor. And so if you've got somebody that's not particularly fond of the onion texture, maybe they don't mind the flavor too much as long as it's not very strong, they're a great candidate for cutting up these uh, uh, green bits into because they have the texture of, you know, like cabbage maybe, a, a thin cabbage and yet they have a, a light onion flavor. So anyway, those are great because what you can do is just cut off the bottom, you know, if you're gonna use the leek to eat, um, you can just cut off the bottom, I don't know, inch or so uh, with the roots intact and everything and just plant them right in the ground. And within a week, you've got new shoots coming out and they will grow out like a like a, a, a yucca almost you know but but much lighter uh, gentler leaves and uh, those leaves can be cut off at any time and eaten now if you don't plan on eating the leek right away that's fine too you can just bring it straight home from the store stick it straight in the ground 
and it will stay fresh, fresher than it will in the fridge. Um, just by sticking it straight in the ground, it'll be ready to eat uh, whenever you're ready to eat it. And so, honestly, my experience is that having them in the ground is the best way to keep them fresh and it will perpetuate them, they will continue to grow. And as with other onions and garlics, if you let them go long enough, they will go to seed. And I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, giant alum flowers, the big purple ball flowers. They shoot up maybe, uh, uh, you know, three and a half feet tall and have this puff ball the size of a softball, um, purple flower. Well, those giant alums are actually uh, a variety of onion, believe it or not. And... Uh, and onions and garlic all have a flower similar to that. It's usually white. Sometimes you'll have some purple or pink in them, but usually white, but it looks like that. Sometimes a little smaller, sometimes they don't grow quite as tall, but they're beautiful. And I wonder why we don't plant those as, as annual flower crops, because they're gorgeous and they grow onions. I mean, win-win, can you, how can you go wrong? Obviously, if you don't like onions, grow them for the sake of the flower and, and then sell the onion or something, you know, I don't know. Or the onion seed for that matter, especially if you have an heirloom variety that you're working with. So anything onion or garlic you can grow. Uh, let's see, peppers of any kind. Uh, we talked about bell peppers because they're probably the most common. Uh, peppers of any kind can be put into the ground, the seeds, sorry, can be put in the ground to grow new pepper plants. Um, just keep in mind that you need to follow the same rules that you need to follow with uh, with the ones in the package, which you can Google the details of uh, to know, but it's easiest to start them inside and once they get, I don't know, five, six inches tall, then plant them outside, whatever. Okay, great. I mean, that's free seeds. I mean, save, and if you don't have the time or energy to be you know, growing them inside and so on. Just throw the seeds outside. Just chuck them out there. Because what happens, we talked about genetics, if most of them probably won't grow, okay? But if there is one that has a particular gene that says, you know what, these, these conditions are all right for me. I'm okay with this. And it comes up, then what you've got is a variety that is more robust in your climate. And if it grows and grows fruit and plants that fruit, that is even more robust to your climate. So hybrid, whatever, I don't care. If it grows and it grows fruit, that grows seeds, that grow new plants, then what you've got is a good variety to work with. You've got a good variety. And uh, so just go ahead and throw them out in your backyard, you know, wherever you wouldn't mind peppers accidentally coming up. Or intentionally coming up whatever if you want to be more intentional about it the inside start inside and then take them outside just like seeds that you would uh, get in a packet do it that way okay next uh, apples these are my favorite honestly if I could only be uh, growing one plant from produce from the store it would be apples and let me tell you why some people will say that apples are hard to grow from seed and I say that's the biggest bunch of baloney. All you gotta know is a few little tricks, okay? Trick number one, and possibly the only trick, spring. That's it. Like I said in the last episode, seeds know what time of year it is. And in the spring, just get more apples than you usually get, eat them, and when you get to the core, just pop it open. You'll find sprouters, I call them. They're seeds that have sprouted. They're trying to find their way into the ground. You know, I don't know what it is about their processing outside of, of the, you know, farming community or whatever. However they, they do their apples, however they store them, pack them, whatever. They know in springtime, it's springtime and they grow. And if you don't have a sprouter, that's fine. Throw it in the ground. It'll probably sprout anyway. Apples do not need to be potted first. You can if you really want to, if, or if you're in an apartment and can't plant it straight in the ground. That's fine, plant it in a pot, but there's no reason to do it in order for their survival because they will survive best in the ground. And, uh, they're, you know, and, and, you know, mind you, I'm speaking from a zone five perspective. 
as well as Zone 6. I think it would probably be the same. Um, they'll do just fine on their own. In fact, when they do grow like that, if you can get them to a couple inches tall that first year, um, they're probably going to survive. They, they will establish in one year, and you probably won't even have to water them anymore. If you want to, that will help speed up their growth over the next several years. Um, but you can, you can get them to grow. Um, they're really, they want to grow, apple seeds do. And if it's springtime, they want to grow now. If it's not springtime, they want to wait till after winter and then they want to grow. Now you may, if you know anything about apples, uh, you may say, well, wait a minute though, I, I've heard that apples don't grow true to seed. I planted Jonathan's apple seed and I'm not necessarily gonna get a Jonathan apple. You are correct. You will not grow a Jonathan apple. In fact, you may grow something entirely different as far as apples are concerned. Um, you may grow something delicious. You may grow something awful. Or you may grow something in between. It's like, oh, this will work for applesauce. I don't know if I'd want them for pie or, you know, eating fresh. But these will work for applesauce. But that doesn't matter because, like we've talked about in previous episodes, there, you can graft once you have an apple stock started, you can grow any kind of apple or pear that you want to on that apple uh, stock. Okay, so don't, don't hold back just because it's not the variety you want or whatever. Just because it's coming out as like a crab apple of some sort. That's fine. That's fine. Not to mention, um, if you grow... Now, I have to look at the details of the laws around this, but... If you grow an apple from seed, and the apples that grow from it are delicious, then you can market them as a unique, original, new variety that's never been on the face of the earth before. Now chances are it will be similar enough to something, if it's good, that, uh, that you can say they taste a lot like X apples, and, you know, the, and so if you like that kind, you'll like these kind. And that's fine cool thing about it is, you know, whether you patent it or not, you have a unique variety of apple that no one else has. And if you can find unique uses for it, then you can actually make quite a bit of money um, selling grafted, newly grafted trees because you have the only variety of, you know, yellow dock apples, say you want to call them, okay? Um, you call them yellow dock apples and you take them to farmer's market, you say it's a unique variety, and you've got, you know, starter trees from either grafts or sprouters or whatever, and, uh, and you can have a unique variety to sell. I mean, it, it could become a business. Now, it's true, most people will say um, that you, uh, you probably won't get something that's so amazing that it will compete well with Jonathan's and, and uh, golden delicious and everything that's fine it doesn't matter like I said we can you know grow it long enough to grow its first apples if they're good keep it if not graft onto it and then you won't even have to worry about the apples that are there and if and if you do graft other ones onto it leave a branch that can be your pollinator branch because uh, those pollinator uh, or those uh, flowers will be incredibly great pollinators for your golden delicious or whatever you graft onto your tree and we can talk more gra about grafting another time but apples one of my favorites and uh there let me tell you how robust they can be in in my zone five i planted one in a pot which was silly but i planted it in a pot outside it grew and it just died i think i didn't water it or or it just didn't like being in a pot or something and it died, so it was just a stick in the ground. This was midsummer when it just died, and I was like, oh well, you know. It was like an inch tall, if that. Had maybe two or three leaves at the most. And uh, it just died, and I, and I was gonna just dump the pot and start another one, but I thought, you know what? There's no use in just dumping the pot if by some sheer chance it happens to live. And so I just took that pot, dug a little hole in the ground, stuck it in, forgot about it. You know, in a place where it wouldn't be a problem having an apple tree, even though it wouldn't have been my first choice location. Well, be darned if that thing, a year later, 
came back. That little stick just stayed there, just sat there for a year and then started growing new leaves. And um, in that yard that I was in at the time, that apple tree is still there. I don't know if it's grown apples or not. I don't live there anymore. <laughs> but it is an apple tree that's growing there. And it's pretty dang robust. I know for a fact that it has not been watered or, or touched in over a year. So, or uh, probably close to a year anyway. So apples, uh, and I, let me add this other story too. I had a, an apple sprouter, stuck it out in my yard in an area that I thought would be great to have an apple tree and you know watered it and kind of took care of it for i don't know a month and then and then things got dry things got hard and you know my hose was having trouble and i, I just couldn't take care of it anymore well be darned that thing kept growing it, it hasn't gotten much bigger it's only a few inches tall but it's two years old it's it's like six inches tall and it's two years old if i watered it i could get it to just shoot up but that dang thing's established I don't have to do anything and it will survive on its own. Which, dang, I want more apples like that. If I can get that thing to grow up and grow apples and get those seeds, just spread those seeds around my yard, I could have an apple orchard and then just graft as necessary for what kinds of apples I want onto it. And they will be so robust that I will never have to water them. I mean, how would that be to have trees that are, you know, starting at, at six inches tall, you don't have to water them anymore. You don't have to do anything for them. I mean, I haven't even put anything around to protect them because I have kids that will look for the protected areas and stand in them. You know, I put a little fence around it and they like to stand inside the little fence on top of my trees. So I found that if I just don't put anything there, they don't notice that it's there. And so the few occasional times that it gets stepped on are few enough that it's, it's strong to withstand it. Okay, these are robust little trees, apples are. So if you can get an apple started, man, what a great opportunity. And uh, like I said, since they are original varieties uh, with each succeeding generation, grow those apples because Golden Delicious Company, whatever that even is, uh, can't come and say, hey, this is a Golden Delicious. You can't sell this. No, it's not. It's from the seed of one of your Golden Delicious. There is nothing patented about this variety that I've grown. And you can't patent yet seeds of apples or you know seeded trees from apples that's not in the in the books yet hopefully it never will be that would be a ridiculous law <laughs> anyway so apples good one oranges let me just throw this out oranges lemons and limes yes you can get them to grow now if you're in my climate you're going to need to plant them inside but i can't tell you how many lemon trees i've started i started several orange trees I started a couple of lime trees. You just stick them in the dirt. And you know, if I have a, a house plant that's maybe a maybe a, a, a viney kind of a thing or, or uh, something, something that's not a tree, basically, I'll just stick one of those plants in there because what they'll do is they'll go straight up and, and grow their leaves and so forth. And so you're occupying two layers in one pot. You know, if you've got a vine or a ground cover or a bushy thing, you know, the, the ground cover thing will, will cover the bottom section. You know, a bush will go a little higher and your tree that you've planted will go higher. And you'll cover three layers in one pot, which makes for a beautiful little arrangement because you've got this pot that's just bursting with beautiful life. And I can tell you from experience, not my own seeded lemons because I haven't gotten any old enough to, uh, to grow fruit yet, but I have grown uh, lemon trees that I've gotten from the store uh, to grow lemons. I've got some on, on the tree right now. In fact, I think it's got like 10 lemons on it. Uh, just uh, I have to take good care of this thing, I, I think, because I, I thought, oh, it might grow one or two lemons a year. Wouldn't that be fun? And it's its first year, and it's got like 10 lemons on it. I'm like, whoa, okay. You know, this could be our source of lemons if we take good care of it and keep it in a good pot. Anyway, so I think there's potential for that with growing them from seed as well, because I know you can grow them from seed. I, I've never had uh, a particular fruit or store that I've gotten them from that hasn't grown. Um, and I don't know enough about citrus to know if they grow true to seed, but honestly, you know, when you talk about true to seedness, there's only certain kinds of fruits where that really matters because 
you know, with apples, if you know anything about the apple genus, it is, all apples are crab apples. That's what they are, they're crab apples. But some crab apples come out really lush and, and plump and delicious, um, and we call them apples. We call them regular apples. We just give them a variety name that fits them nicely, you know, the, but it's the crab apple family. It's crab apple species is what it is. They're all the same species. And, uh, and they just come out with slightly different kinds of fruit. Well, I don't know that that's the case with citrus. Have you ever heard of a, a crab orange or a crab lime? Somebody let me know if there's such things as citrus fruits that are just, you just don't want to eat them just because they're too, yeah, you know, or whatever you might say about crab apples. Um, I don't think that's the case with citrus. I'm not sure that's the case with um, pitted fruits either, you know, plums, cherries, peaches, I, I don't think it's the same uh, problem with them either, which means whatever you grow, it may not be the exact variety, but if it grows well and it grows delicious fruit, who cares? Okay, so there's your, basically anything that's, that's a tree, comes from a tree, I have gotten it to grow. Now I should say up front, banana is not a tree, and I've never gotten them to grow, but I haven't tried a very much. I'll let you know if I can figure out how to get a banana tree to grow from seed from a grocery store banana. Wouldn't that be fun? I suspect they treat them so they won't grow like that, but I'd love to defy the odds. I, I just love doing that. <laughs> Avocados, I should add. I have not had, I mean, <laughs> they're so easy to grow. And they, like apples, have one trick. One trick. And it works every time for me, just about every time. Patience. That's all. Patience. People tend to, you know, they'll they'll do the, the toothpick thing, poking it through the sides, hanging over a, a cup and stuff until it sprouts. You can do that. That's fine if you want to. But the way I've had so much success with avocados is you bury them just below the surface, pointy end up, okay, so that the pointy end is just below the surface, you know, so maybe you're digging down an inch and a half so that the whole seed fits. You don't even dig, you just kind of like cram it down there, cover up the top so it's just ordinary dirt. I suggest, like like with the citrus as I talked about, uh, plant it in a pot with other plants, um, something viney, maybe a, a pothos vine or, you know, something that, that heads downward because avocados more than any other tree I've seen are going to head straight up they if, if they have a big enough pot they will shoot four feet tall sometimes before getting their first leaves they just it's it just shoots straight up and then sprouts out their leaves they're just a straight up kind of a tree uh, when they first grow and uh, and all it takes is patience I've had them take four or five months just sitting in the pot I forget about it I forget about it. That's why I plant them with other plants as well. So I can forget about them. You know, sometimes it'll be three weeks. You know, I don't think I've had anything be less than two and a half weeks. Probably it was already head start, getting a head start when it was in the fruit in those cases. But more often than not, it's, you know, average of two months. But uh, just basically patience. Just stick it in the dirt. And keep watering the dirt as you would, you know, with the plant that's already in there. And it will grow. And if you stick two of them in there, you'll probably get two. And if you don't, you'll at least get one, almost for sure. And once it comes up, I'm not the best at keeping them alive for more than a couple of years. I've, I've been able to keep them alive for up to three years so far. I've, I've only been trying for three years, so I don't know. I've killed a lot of them, but I, getting them started has not been a problem for me. They're so easy to start. It's just patience. That's all. Stick it in the dirt and just just wait. You can even grow them outside. If you want one to grow outside in a zone five, um, stick it in the dirt in early spring. It'll come up and then once it gets too cold, it'll die and never come back. 
I don't recommend that. But <laughs> what I would try, I have not tried this yet, and I'm eager to try it next year. I've got some pots ready to try it next year, is plant them in pots early in the spring, and then uh, in the winter bring them in, and then take them back out once it gets warm enough the next spring. And I suspect you could probably have a pretty healthy avocado. It's interesting because they're not cold season plants, um, at least not, they don't like it as cold as it gets here, but uh, they stay until November. Once it does get too cold and starts, you know, freezing every night, uh, they die, yes. But before that, an occasional frozen night, they actually do fine. And, and I'll have them green toward late October sometimes outside. And I only say that, you know, I, I don't regularly grow avocados outside. I've got probably 10 of them inside, but, uh, but I've tried several outside and, you know, I just experimenting. If I could get to the point where I've got a zone five avocado just because one happened to survive, I mean, seriously, would that not be the awesomest thing ever? I mean, seriously. <laughs> so anyway, and the only way you can know that is by trying it. Another one. Um, let me just add this one while we're on the topic of trees. Almonds. Raw almond seeds. Okay, they're not in their bulky outside shell. They're just, they're just the, you know, it looks like an almond ready to pop in your mouth. But it's raw. Stick it in the ground, it will grow. It looks like some kind of willow. And I have some that are two years old now in my yard. Everything I read says zone seven, but I'm growing them from seed, which helps. Anything that you can get from to grow from seed, mind you, things are harder to grow from seed than they are by pot. But if you can get them to grow, and almonds I highly recommend trying, you might gain a whole zone out of them. And if you plant them in, a, in the right place, like I've got mine on a south-facing side of a swale, I think that gives it a, just enough of a uh, zone difference that they're surviving. And they're actually doing really well. I watered them their first year to try to take good care of them, getting them going. And uh, this year I did virtually nothing, and they have, they have grown just fine. In fact, I go out there now, it's November right now, they've got these nice little reddish fall leaves. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's beautiful, lovely, so almonds that you can get to grow from seed. Um, before we get too far off produce, uh, let's see, I, I mentioned uh, celery. In the same manner, you can do lettuce, cabbage, uh, romaine lettuce, uh, anything that's got that stock and stick that stock end in the ground. If you can keep it moist for a while, that will really help. Maybe even let it sit for a couple of days in a little bowl of water or half inch of water or something to kind of get it, head, give it a head start and then plant it out. And sometimes this does depend on the time of year. So I recommend a cool but not freezing cold time of year. Um, but go ahead and stick them out. If it's the middle of winter, go ahead and stick them out. Just have the habit. Just do it always. If it's midwinter and you can't even crack the ground, okay, maybe not. You can try sticking them in a pot. If they don't grow, they'll fertilize your plants. You know, and, and you know, I hear people argue, well, what about the herbicides and the pesticides? Yeah, there's that, but honestly, most of the plants cut off. There's really not much there. And if you really feel scared about it, peel off some outer edges, whatever. Okay. Um, what about hybrid? their hybrid or whatever fine so you know if they don't it, it honestly the biggest worry about hybrid is that their seeds will not be as viable as um something like an heirloom you're right and if that's the case then you just won't have as much of a good generation the next time you don't have to collect their seeds and uh make sure that to make sure that you have enough for the next year if you don't want to just let them fall you're trying to establish a system here that takes care of itself if it doesn't succeed well that's fine it didn't deserve to be here then 
but it was a great experiment and and by planting them over and over and over sooner or later you're likely to come across a variety that has some gene somewhere that says you know what? I think we can pull this off and they'll keep coming back another uh, another one so any of the lettuces any of the anything that's got a stalk at the end okay anything um, you can grow I've heard people growing ginger I have not succeeded with that myself yet but go ahead and try it fennel if you don't know what fennel is it's basically a it looks like a funny looking root ball with a with a frilly ferny looking thing coming out and it tastes just like black licorice I'm not even kidding cut off a little branch of it um, dip it in honey and eat it and you're like oh my gosh I just ate black licorice it's so bizarre and yet it's delicious too my kids just chomp it I, I bring them home I haven't yet even tasted the bulb because I'm so eager to get them to grow and uh, and I've, I've succeeded once with getting the bulb to really grow and that was uh, by you know I cut off all those little branches cut them up in little pieces and said okay kids go to town have a great time and they chomp 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 you know going and uh, and the bulb I take outside and sure enough these little ferns start coming out and it's this beautiful little plant and unfortunately it did not come back the next year I think I planted it too late in the fall um, but it was working and my problem that I've had with with uh, fennel and I've not been able to get them to grow from seed either though I suspect it would work if I could figure out what's going on here is that I plant I plant this bulb in the ground and usually two weeks later I come back to look and there's this bulb size shaped hole in the ground what is eating my fennel <laughs> okay I don't know what's going on sometimes I'll find those little dirt bugs you know I don't know what else to call them soil bugs you know in your pots if you kind of poke your pot you see little, little guys around in there I don't know if they're eating it or what I don't even know what they are what they eat. I are they springtails I'd love to find out have to do some more research maybe they're eating it maybe they're not I don't know they're probably actually breaking down rotting material which is maybe what's happening to my fennel it's just dying you know but anyway you can grow them and honestly if it's a cooler season I think you're less likely to have them eat now maybe that's why it succeeded in the first place maybe if I were to do it in the early spring early enough that it uh, put it out there early enough that the bugs haven't really come out much yet but late enough that it can actually grow and you start getting those ferny things maybe it'll get big enough to kind of become too robust for the bugs to eat away before it has a real chance to grow and uh, like most things it's probably just that this is the sweetest loveliest yummiest thing in the garden and so I would need like 10 of them if I want them to start surviving um, my guess is that the root is like lush juicy um, crispy um, watery uh, black licorice which sounds gross in a way but in another way if you know what fennel tastes like sounds delicious so <laughs> anyway so that's fennel uh, let's see I'm trying to think of what other things are in the produce department pears you can get to sprout sometimes you can get uh, you know any of the pitted things anything that's got seeds just try them for heaven's sake you got nothing to lose if anything else um, they fertilize the ground those dead seeds uh, anything with those stock ends so bok choy I've gotten bok choy to do really well several times if you don't know what bok choy is it's Chinese cabbage it's uh, it's basically a cabbage that's really juicy um, you bite into it and it's it, it's actually uh, it's in the mustard family like the cabbage is but it's a little bit spicier than most traditional cabbage um, but it's juicier which makes it feel not as spicy so it's got a unique wonderful flavor um, let's see what else have we got in the produce department I'm mentally walking through uh, the produce department okay We'll come back to any if, if I think of others um, that are in the produce department. 
Um, let's move on to the grains department, okay? Most grains I have found you can grow. I have not had success yet with rice, especially white rice. I think it's too, I think it's stripped of its seed and, and it's just kind of a, a portion of the seed. You know, maybe somebody would be able to get brown rice. I don't know. I've not succeeded with wild rice. Uh, um, not Jamaican rice. What's that? Uh, Japonica rice. Uh, wild rice. Um, wow, there's another one with a W. I, I, I've tried. And I don't think I've succeeded. Let me let me put it that way. Because I've tried to growing it outside um, in a really wet area. And... I get grass to grow there, but um, I haven't seen anything come up that looks robust enough to um, convince me that it may be rice. Um, so I haven't been able to get rice to grow. But wheat, no problem. No problem. It'll come up and it'll grow a bunch of wheat on it. Nice, thick head. Uh, beans, I mean, beans are kind of the cream of the crop as far as store-bought uh, seeds are concerned. You can get them to grow without a problem. Oh, excuse me. And let me tell you something about beans that most people know and I think is fascinating. Um, the common bean, as the uh, unspecific variety is called, constitutes black beans. Uh, pinto beans, white northern beans, and several other such beans. Not lima beans or kidney beans. Okay, that's a different kind of bean. But, but those common beans, when they are still unripe, meaning that the seeds are not dried out, what you've got is a green bean. When you're growing a green bean, if you let it just die on the vine, what you're going to get is you're going to open those up and you're like, well, bagali. These look like uh, these look like you know pinto beans, but they're a little darker brown, maybe a little speckled or something. You know, there there's some kind of mix of you know pinto slash you know uh, red slash whatever beans. Okay, because beans are you know, all those common beans are green beans until they dry out, and then they are hard beans. And, uh, <clears throat> like I said, with the exception of a few, such as kidney beans and, and, and uh, lima beans, um, you can eat them fresh green off the vine. And so you plant those, you just eat those fresh, unripe beans, and you're getting green beans. So if you want to grow green beans from store-bought seed, or maybe even you have um, one of those, uh, like... Uh, pinto beans, a bucket of pinto beans in your food storage and it's been you know 13 years and you're like I don't know if we want to eat these well plant the dang things and anything that grows is a fabulous variety to have in your yard because let me tell you why because what you have <clears throat> done is you have weeded out any beans that don't have a shelf life of at least 13 years. I mean, how cool is that? So then, then uh, those genetics will carry on to that next generation, and anything that comes up and grows is a very high shelf life bean. And honestly, I have never had, that I can think of anyway, I've never had a, uh, an old, um, bucket of beans that hasn't had a whole lot of growth technically because it grows that means it was not yet stale it was not yet ready to become you know uh, rancid or whatever it's it's a good bean you know it's just got a, a huge long shelf life you know if somebody gives you a hundred year old bucket of beans oh you plant those beans and you save whatever grows because those are going to be awesome shelf life beans and not only that it's not just about storage it's also about viability for the future years because 
if the next generation adapted as they are to long shelf life you know those beans that drop from your vine because remember you want to do less harvesting for your first several years of any plant um, you let them fall from the vine they may sit there for two more years before actually growing until until conditions are good enough for it to grow and uh, and it'll still come up and so you you plant one crop of beans one year and then just let it be and you may just establish yourself a permanent source of beans I don't know I've never been I haven't been in my property long enough to know what comes back on its own I don't know but that's the thing we're going for is established crops and wouldn't it be great to have virtually perennial beans you know just because they recede so well but yeah beans you can get to grow uh, one of my favorites is trout beans because they're just big lush leaves something else about beans you can eat the leaves and they taste like green beans I mean pretty much the whole plant tastes like green beans and then the obviously the fruit part which is the green bean is going to be the luscious juiciest uh, version of it but if you throw some pinto bean leaves in a salad you're gonna hear nothing but wow this is a really fresh good salad what is that delicious fresh flavor it's almost like green peas you know and and that's what it is it's bean leaves you can eat those they're delicious do it uh, now I should mention um, kidney beans and uh, and uh, lima beans are among the beans that are really not best eaten uh, unripe raw I don't think they would hurt you but when people talk about oh, are green beans actually toxic this is probably what's going on is they've planted those which are not it's not that they're toxic per se, so much as they are more packed with many of the uh, of the things that are in pretty much all green vegetables, but a little bit too much to the point of them being not entirely safe. And so, you know, I for example, you know, you've heard you shouldn't eat raw sweet potatoes uh, raw potatoes sometimes um, it's that chemical and it always escapes me for some reason cyanide hydrogen cyanide ah, now I can't remember it's a very natural substance it's in most things that we eat um, vegetable kinds of things that we eat it's just in a little bit higher concentration in those and therefore probably ought to be cooked that said, if you're going to be cooking green beans, go ahead. Use lima bean uh, green beans. Use, you know, uh, and, and uh, lima beans and kidney beans. Same with soybeans, you know. Soybeans is another one of those that, yeah, not, not the best to eat green. Not to mention, they don't taste very good. I've eaten the leaves, and they have, like, this weird metallic, almost electrical-like taste. And I'm like, I don't think this is all that good for me. And so, kind of, you know, you can kind of judge... Um, when you taste it, chew it up a little bit. If you're uncomfortable with it, spit it out. But if it just tastes like garden peas, chomp away. They're delicious. They're good for you. They, they're kind of like alfalfa sprouts flavor. Um, they're great. If they have a metallic yeah, flavor, you know, if you've ever tried eating raw soybeans, um, uh, green, green beans, soybeans, whatever, uh, they're just not good. They don't taste good. And so, you know, don't eat them. But uh, you can cook them and then eat them and they'll be fine. Um, cooking eliminates that chemical entirely. Which is why we have lima beans and kidney beans. Um, because when, once you cook them the way people do, um, they, it, it eliminates the, the toxins. And I should add to this too, uh, if, you're, if you're eating beans like the dried beans dried uh, um, you know say pinto beans or garbanzo beans or, well actually garbanzo beans I think are an exception but um, once they're dry like that and hard you want to you want to cook them before you eat them 
That said, the dry, hard ones are great for growing. Sprout them, and then you can eat them. You know, you can eat them. Once it starts to bulge, you can eat them. Okay, so you just need to soak them, basically, uh, before you can, before you want to eat them. And if you soak them and sprout them, they're delicious. Delicious. Um, like, fresh garden peas, delicious. Sugar snap pea, delicious kind of thing. Um... And so beans are fun to just sprout that way. So, yeah, beans are another one. Let's see, what else can you grow from the store? Um, I believe you can do quinoa. I have had, I don't know if I can say mixed results or I'm not entirely clear if I've had results because I grow a lot of lamb's quarters in my yard. And when I plant quinoa, I get a lot of lamb's quarters. And yet lamb's quarters looks exactly like quinoa. So maybe it's quinoa I'm growing. (laughs) It's kind of hard to tell. As far as I know, you can get quinoa to grow. Chia. Chia seed. You get it in those, you know, packs of, you know, health food, whatever stuff. You can grow chia and it's a lovely lemonish flavor. If you've ever had lemon balm, um, it's like a mild lemon balm. It's delicious. It's in the mint family. I've not gotten it to go to seed in my climate yet. It always freezes. Uh, but it'll grow like five feet tall. And just, you know, you grow them in like enough of them that they grow almost like a bush. And they're beautiful and they smell nice. And the, and the chickens don't even bother them too much. They're edible and, they, and they're this lovely lemony flavor. But I can't get them to go to seed so they don't come back the next year. And they're not in this climate perennial but you can grow them and eat the seed eat the leaves i mean put them in salads whatever you know i wouldn't want a whole salad of it i mean would you want a whole salad of lemon balm but throw a few into a garden salad and it's going to just add a lovely lovely um almost a mint lemony kind of a flavor delicious uh let's see what else can you grow from the store. Now, these are just the things uh, that you can grow uh, from, and we're, we're, we're going on 50 minutes here. This is a record long uh, podcast. And I think we're gonna go into a part three of this gardening for virtually free because there's a whole list of plants that you can get by simply cuttings of branches that have blown over in the wind you know, out into the street after a windstorm, and, and or just clipping off the end of something off the side of the road. Um, and I'd love to go over those because many of them are very, very beautiful, lush plants that will be so helpful to your to your ecosystem. Um, but uh, before I close off, I want to make sure I'm covering all the, uh, and maybe I'll if I think of any later from the grocery store. You know, oh, spices, um, anything that is a seed, and you know, it's kind of hit and miss sometimes with these. But if you can find some kind of organic store, you will always not have a problem. Uh, oh, and another thing we can talk about in the future episode is if you're on um, EBT food stamps, um, some of the new options that are available, it's, it's, it's ridiculously awesome uh, what's available gardeners now uh, but uh, but yeah spices um, I've gotten cilantro to grow on on numerous occasions sometimes they're even just pickling spice and you've got cilantro in there and if you've got some old pickling spice grow it you know there there'll be celery seed there will be fennel seed there will be dill seed I've gotten tons of dill to grow from seed. It's usually kind of wispy, uh, wimpy see, uh, plants, but that's probably because of where I'm putting them, because I'm kind of sprinkling them all over my yard, and I'm not being very uh, 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 precise about, you know, doing it properly, so many per whatever inches or whatever. I'm, I'm just tossing the seed all over my yard, see what comes up. And I'm not even kidding. I, I'll, I'll get a you know, get fennel seed in 
or not fennel seed. Well, I'll get that too, but dill seed in bulk at a place like Winco and sprinkle all over my yard and I'll have little dills coming up everywhere. And those dills can be eaten um, directly, fresh, uh, or you can let them go to seed and then you have more dill seed and whatever, you know. Um, uh, mustards, I've gotten yellow mustard to grow. Uh, you know, and you may be picturing from this that I've got this lush yard of gardenous stuff and the fact is I really don't. I mean, it's, it's kind of sparse, but the reason is because I haven't, I, I haven't worked to be, you know, this is my garden plot. I'm really trying to just throw things out there and see what grows and what grows gets to come back. And I'll probably throw more out next year or whatever. But uh, let me give you another one that will grow. Uh, pine nuts. If you have pine nuts, they will not usually tell you whether or not they're raw. All you have to do is eat one, you know, maybe buy a little pack of them and, uh, before you buy a big pack of them. Uh, eat one, and if it tastes kind of juicy, kind of fresh, then it's it's not roasted. It, you know, after you roast it, it's crispy, crunchy. Um, if it has a freshness about it, a, a wetness of any kind, then it it is raw. And if it's raw, you can plant it, you will get pine trees. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? Tiny little pine trees, they take forever to grow. So it's, it's you know, you're investing in the future here. You're not to, you're not looking for next year's uh, Christmas tree or, you know, five years down the line, maybe 10 years down the line, but uh, that's gonna depend on how you take care of it and so forth. That's fine, wouldn't that be cool? Say this is from a pack of pine nuts somebody gave us. We threw a few in the ground. That tree there, uh, it's one of them, you know. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, let's see. Now I'm trying to walk up and down the aisles of the grocery store in my mind. I'm trying to think of what other stuff you can get through. And the reason I the reason I say this in this way, because we're talking, wait a minute, I thought you were talking about no money. Um, yes, you're right. And that's why I say virtually, because all these things cost. But many of them you're going to be buying anyway. You have at your house anyway. If you just go look in your cupboards, you probably have poppy seeds. You can get those to grow, probably. Not 100%, but throw a few out, sprinkle a few out, see if they grow. If they do, boom, you've got poppies that you didn't have before. I've gotten poppies to grow from poppy seeds from the store. Um, celery seed, same thing. Uh, you know, anything that's something seed. There's not usually something that they do to these things. The only thing that that is ever done to... Uh, seed-based things to make them inviable is that they'll slightly roast them. Which, yes, that will kill the plant. But the only way you can know is by planting them. If one of them grows, then they have not roasted these things. And you can trust that that company, that brand, whatever it is that you're getting, doesn't roast them and you could grow new ones from them. You can, you can rely on that. Okay. Now there may be different varieties based on the climate that they were grown in that may have an effect on how well they do where you're at, but you can get them to grow. And uh, all of these things, remember, sometimes, you know, it's hard to get started with gardening and you're just like, you know, I just don't have the money, I don't have the time. Just take some of these things that uh, you get from the store anyway that you already have, your cores, whatever, and throw it outside. You know, if you slightly bury it, even better. You know, and chances are you'll have things growing there that you wouldn't have had before. You could potentially have an entire garden of the rejected portions of your produce. And not rejected because um, you didn't want them, but because they're the part that you don't eat. The part you cut off. So, um, anything like that. Anything that that you think just might grow, do it. Oh, another one, potatoes. But you stick any potato in the ground and it's likely to grow. They treat them with all kinds of things so that they won't grow again because they don't want the eyes popping out. It doesn't matter what they do with them. They will grow, okay? And, and once they do, what you've got is a very robust uh, 
potato that if you can get it to go to seed, you'll have one that resists even anti-growing stuff. So it's resistant to what they've uh, been trying to apply to keep it from growing. Okay, potatoes. Um, I have had, I've finally had success with sweet potatoes. And the only thing different about these sweet potatoes is they were organic. Somebody actually bought them for us uh, at Costco. Organic uh, sweet potatoes. And, you know, we had a bunch of them. We were eating them and so forth. And there were about three of the sweet potatoes at the bottom that were kind of shriveling. And, and they were starting to grow little eyes. And I was like, they're growing eyes. That means it could grow. I've been wanting to get one to succeed for a long time. I've planted a few sweet potatoes from just, you know, your produce variety and never had success until these ones. And so I recommend organic if you're going sweet potato. And now I have sweet potato vines growing all over my kitchen. And the cool thing about sweet potato vines, you cut off the the last, you know, eight inches or whatever, six inches. Maybe you could even cut it off every six inches, uh, stick them in water, and a week later you've got roots growing. And now you have more sweet potato vines. And you can plant those somewhere, and if you can get them to really establish well, they will grow you new sweet potatoes. Good gravy. Now they are uh, zone seven and eight, so they are not going to do well outside in my climate for more than a year. But remember, um, things that are higher climate things will do fine for a year. So I mean, if I grow a sweet potato vine over the winter, get it to sprout and so forth, put it in, in the yard in the spring, and it grows a bunch of new sweet potatoes for me through the summer and then they die off in the in the winter you know when the winter comes again well I've got a bunch of sweet potatoes I've grown I mean hello <laughs> you can't you can't lose here and besides that two sweet potato vines the leaves are edible and they're delicious they're just like a kind of salad you know it tastes like a kind of lettuce type of a thing they're not bad at all so you can throw them in a salad with your with your uh, chia leaves and your bean leaves and your lettuce leaves and, and all these different things and you'll have the most lush, uh, varietous salad that you can imagine with your bok choy and all these things and you're like, these are all second generation plants. Green onions, did I mention the green onions, the little ones? You know, just stick those in the ground, they'll grow. You can cut off the last half inch at the bottom if you want to and they'll just grow a whole new green onion from it you can get that two or three times uh, per onion or if you let it grow maybe it'll even go to seed and then you have seeds for the next year and so forth I mean there is no limit to this stuff guys and <clears throat> if you're not into gardening but you'd love to have this stuff growing anyway just throw all these things out in your yard some of the seeds will grow and you'll just have these random pepper plants, tomato plants, whatever. I mean, you've got nothing to lose. If nothing else, they will uh, fertilize your, your lawn or whatever. Point is, there's no excuse to... Uh, I, I should say that I don't have any money is not an excuse not to garden. I'm sorry. You have too many options there are just so many options that are free and we'll get into more of those in future episodes but I think that's a good place to stop because we're going on an hour with that this is Charles Hathaway thanks again for listening to another episode of Wild Tater